Pleasure, another episode of the Joker Character Study Series from Mike, Mike, and Oscar. And we're back, and you heard the intro song, which means we're in for another episode of the Joker Character Study Series from Mike, Mike, and Oscar on this Wednesday, September 11th, 2019, the four-year anniversary of the Sandra Bullock Passion Project. Our brand is Crisis. Uh, what's your familiarity with that movie, Michael? Easily the worst anything that ever happened on this date. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Hot start. All right. It's, well. dark, it's dark comedy. Come on. We are doing another entry into the Joker character study series. We're covering Mark Hamill and uh, his portrayal of the clown prince of crime here. I am Mike One. That is co-host also Mike. And also Mike, Mike. Instead of doing a movie, or at least one movie that Hamill voiced the Joker character in from Batman the Animated Series, we're going to do a couple episodes. Yes, we... Search the internet, and Den of Geek had a great article about the 25 most essential episodes of the Batman animated series. Five of their writers were on this. <laughs> <laughs> this would be us, right? If we, if we dedicating be time yeah. and effort. When and we have the website, both of us will come together for the like X Men animated series, right. the Batman right. animated series, and you know uh, exposés. Very serious, serious topics. Right. So three episodes with the Joker that. That we're going to focus on are the Joker's favor, Christmas with the Joker, and almost got him. We'll get into more of that as well as the 28 total IMDb credits of Mark Hamill for this character. Unbelievable! It's ridiculous. Uh, maybe not as well known. I don't. I, we're going to talk about how I didn't know about it at least until years after the fact that I was watching a portrayal of Mark Hamill with the Joker. But we'll get into all of that if you've not joined us before for a Joker character study episode. Again, it's non spoiler and spoiler breakdowns. We don't necessarily cover the ins and outs of the plots of these movies, more so than we just go into what exactly this portrayal of the Joker had going for it. We'll get into the background of the character, what the actor actually went through to prepare himself for this role. We'll talk about the historical significance of both the portrayal and the movie slash TV show itself. Then you'll have a spoiler warning and after the spoiler warning, we'll get into just how evil was the deed of the Joker in these given well, again, movies, but in this case different episodes and how Joker was this Joker portrayal, etc etc all that fun stuff so again we're not going to spoil anything in the first part but we will talk about to start how mark hamill prepared himself for portraying the joker character from batman the animated series getting into character so rotten tomatoes did this great video on mark hamill's most iconic voice roles from the joker to chucky and i'm getting a lot of the history that Mark Hamill talked about in that interview. So since he was very young, he aspired to be a cartoon voice actor, Mike, Yogi Bear, Rocky and Bullwinkle, Looney Tunes. And he particularly referenced this one Walt Disney show, Pull Back the Curtain, which was on the making of all the Disney cartoons. And he particularly huh. loved watching the Donald Duck voice actor get into character and perform it in front of the microphones, just this old man doing Donald Duck. <laughs> and 
and and Hamill just fell in love with the process to the point where like when he's a kid he goes into a record store we don't know what that is but no. apparently that was something explain that to the younger generation he would go first to the children's section I guess this happened when he was a teenager too which made it weird <laughs> he, according to him but he'd go straight to the children's section and he'd spend like hours in the listening booth practicing all of these voices. Yeah, it's a shame that he didn't get right into his career fulfillment of doing voice actor. He had to have this unnecessary tangent of playing the most notable sci-fi character in the history of movies. It's a real burden for him and his career. Uh, Hamill's acting career, though, did begin at a young age with General Hospital in 1963. Uh, He then went through school while taking on small roles in The Partridge Family and a handful of other TV series before he first got the chance to do some voice acting for Genie at Hanna-Barbera a year out of college in 1973. That's where he met many of his childhood idols and also managed to get a bunch of voice roles in the new Scooby-Doo movies of that same year. So he starts booking TV films, TV movies in the mid-70s, and he gets on the silver screen, I guess you could say. You know, as we Good get for him. Was cl- he anything we know? closer to Tatooine and the Death Star, <laughs> I'm still amazed that he takes these voice acting roles. He was in uh, Fred Flintstone and Friends and the animated film Wizards in 1977. So does he... Re- I'm guessing he recorded the animated film before Star Wars and then the cartoons after Star Wars. I'm going to say something sacrilegious because I know everybody should know all things about every Star Wars thing that ever happened at all times, especially Mm -hmm. if you're a movie critic. But I wonder if Star Wars was a a financial boon immediately out of the gate. Or if he thought that he was going to have to fulfill his pockets otherwise and this was just a movie. I think it had a sizable budget. Right. It did. But it took like a year of post-production. To make money. So he probably filmed it in 75, 76. Mm. I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't know. <laughs> don't, I mean, yeah. don't scream just at turned, me. Everyone just turned off. Everybody just turned How it off. They know podcast. nothing. They don't know that it was April 4th <laughs> right. of, of 1970. I, I don't know when it was. these guys don't even own lightsabers. <laughs> anyway, he doesn't do another voice acting role until the mid-80s when he did Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind in 84 and then Castle in the Sky in 86. Uh, after Return of the Jedi, those were both anime films. Yeah, and once those checks started coming in nonstop, I guess he didn't need the voice acting Could do roles. Yeah. yeah, Hamill made another run at live action roles until 1992, when he was offered the chance to voice, obviously, the Joker in Batman the Animated Series. Hamill auditioned. Imagine the audacity of that. <laughs> hey, Luke, would you mind coming in and auditioning? Thinking he would not get the part because, quote, there was no way that they could handle the backlash of Luke Skywalker playing this iconic villain. And then all his actor friends were like, dude, I wouldn't want to follow Jack Nicholson in anything. Sage advice for actors in general. But he went with it, Mike. And all he could do, he said, was do his version, go off the scripts, and go off of this one drawing of the Joker that he got on set that day Mm. for Christmas with the Joker, which seemed to his eyes to be all teeth. So, There's a lot of teeth in this character. That's so true. Whenever you watch him perform, he's just like got this huge open <laughs> mouth and its teeth and the T's and the oh my god. Yeah. And he talked about how the it looked like the blue meanies from uh, Yellow Submarine. Interesting. Which I okay. guess is a reference. It's the Beatles movie the from Beatles way back movie. in the day. Yeah. 
Yeah, I didn't know that at first because I'm a dope. <laughs> anyway, uh, his prime inspirations came with Claude Rains's portrayal of the Invisible Man, and of course, and this is really fun to see, Frank Gorshin's The Riddler from the 1966 Batman the Movie and TV series with Adam West. Yeah, it's funny because in our Batman 66 recap of when Caesar Romero portrayed the Joker, we were talking about how the Riddler was almost as Jokery as the Joker mm. was there. So you can see that lending itself to this portrayal. That makes a lot of sense. Hamill also loved to play the Joker because, quote, he was insane. And if you're insane, you're unpredictable. And if you're unpredictable, you're never boring, don't I know it. Uh, and Hamill even went so far to say the Joker is, quote, like the Hamlet of villains, it'll be endlessly reinterpreted by actors in the future. Not if you take all the roles here, Mark. Because <laughs> listen to this. He has done 28 roles in total. Six animated series, including today's three episodes and the focus on 1992's Batman the Animated Series there. Four animated shorts, one for a roller coaster, a couple, you know, attached to the video games. Mm -hmm. One live action series that we joked about in a previous character study episode where he was in Birds of Prey of 2002. Yeah. Horrible. <laughs> I, I almost want to get my see if I can get my hands on that just to rewatch. I don't. I, I remember it not doing well. <laughs> I watched the trailer. I can't do it. Yeah. It's so bad. He was also in four animated movies, including 2016's The Killing Joke, which got a lot of. It let's, wasn't. Let's good. call reviews. It wasn't good. <laughs> yeah. I watched it. Yeah. Not, not a I remember fan. not being very very highly praised. I like the comic. Out. Yeah. I. I took it from the library and read it right. in one sitting, right. and I really enjoyed the comic. I didn't like the movie. He also lended his voice to 13 video games, including the Arkham Asylum series, which is one of the highest-grossing and selling video game series of all time. That's 28 total IMDb credits for voice acting roles of the Joker. So that's why a lot of people find Mark Hamill synonymous with the Clown Prince of Crime when they think of who is your go-to Joker. And I said this in the last episode. I think if I was just to be asked who my Joker is, like who I think of first, I think it might be Mark Hamill. Now it's Mark Hamill. Yeah. So there's a lot of historical significance you're saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. That's also a hell of a leeway by you. The historical significance. So I want to start with a wide-angle lens on this character, Mike. Hamill's Joker has some serious status in these stories. Mm -hmm. uh, his portrayal is of an evil mastermind Joker, and I yes. think that's the most historically significant thing we can say about him, because you could have went a different direction after Jack. You could have went back to just the trickster and the prankster. He is acting in children's shows for the most part, and he's usually willing to kill, and he's trying to take over Gotham, and he's trying to humiliate and nullify Batman. Yeah. So to me, he's more Jack Nicholson than Cesar Romero. He's more... I agree arch nemesis than kooky sidekick and i love that he's a lead villain for most of these 28 roles at least you know most of them that i saw i absolutely agree and i, I think there's certainly more you know it's what we talked about last episode romero is certainly going to be remembered fondly for being the first portrayal on screen but he's also probably the least jokery of what we're going through because he was a, a sitcom act essentially that's yeah. not what the joker <laughs> uh, evolved into and certainly had his different iterations portrayed as that whole show was quite the sitcom act <laughs> right <laughs> let's get into some of the roles in the non-spoiler way of course almost got him uh, just for reference sake this is something my friends and I came on to a couple years ago but almost got him that episode has been parlayed into its own card game really the basis of the episode is a card game yeah uh, debuted in January of 2017 
scene, and it's awesome. Is it really? <laughs> I really enjoy playing it. Yeah. How many aces uh, get flopped at the end of it? <laughs> it's when not show your cards. There's like twelve aces. It, it, it's not like that. Oh, okay. it's, it's you get like you get your role in secret, and because of how the episode is, one of you is secretly Batman, but also the villain. Nice. Plays like that. It's really fun to play. It was released by Cryptozoic Entertainment. Uh, but the historical significance of Hamill providing the voice of the Joker is almost something that's become a bigger deal after the fact. And like I said, I didn't learn. Being raised on these cartoons and watching these at my grandparents' house after mm -hmm. school, waiting for my parents to pick me up, I didn't learn that Hamill, Luke Skywalker, was the voice of the Joker until, like, I was a teenager and well done with this franchise. Mike, if they made making of featurettes back then and we could watch them yeah. after the episode, wouldn't it blow our young little minds? Absolutely. Like, can Absolutely. you imagine how crazed we would have been for yeah. this TV like, like, we figured this guy this out. is this this bad guy, yeah. We figured it out now, and it's <laughs> crazy. It, it adds to the whole status it of really this does. thing. It really does. As for the performances, from his first role in Christmas with the Joker, the writers have him leaning into the showmanship and the manipulation of the media. Again, mm -hmm. I love how this goes into the Jack Nicholson Joker so much. Very you know, much. There's a lot of homages to Jack and what Jack put down. And in terms of the ages of comics, it's like the first age comics. It's, 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 um, forgive me, I think it was golden age comics. <laughs> and it goes, it goes lesser metals the Gold longer you go. silver and then. No, it goes lesser metals. Yeah. Yeah, right, right, right. The original, I think you're right. The original is like leaning into all the manipulation of the media, and so does the Frank Miller stuff mm -hmm. for that matter. But I thought Joker's favor was a particularly evil performance in that regard. He's, you know, totally coming down on regular people in that one. Yeah, that's like psychologically manipulative. It was scary to <laughs> yeah. me. Like, can you imagine if you're in a road rage incident and the Joker is driving the other car? I also appreciate that. I mean, that's the basis for that episode, but he's not putting on any facade. He's just the Joker driving a car. Yeah. There's no face paint. There's no cover up. It's just the white faced Joker driving like a Chevy. And he's driving a normal car, Right, too. exactly. Like, it's just how, an everyday. How dare he? Uh, final point uh, for non-spoilers here. Hamill talked about Joker's laugh. He felt that it should be like a musical instrument, Mike, and hit a variety of notes. Hamill wanted the Joker to have many laughs that would fit all of his many moods. And you can hear all of these on some YouTube mashups. Mm -hmm. You can just click on there. There's like a hundred laughs there. And you notice all these different laughs as you watch just these three episodes, but all the other stuff. And if it's for kids or, or not, if, it, if he's trying to kill somebody or not, if it's just during a broadcast or not, he gets some of the weirder laughs in these animated series that happen to be for children. In these drops, in these Joker episodes that yeah. I did, I tried to mimic, I, I, I did a terrible job across the board, I understand that, but I tried to mimic each individual actor's Joker laugh. I couldn't come close. Hamill's was impossible. I could impossible. not, it was the, I didn't even try to put it on a recording. It's just impossible to do because he gets so high and then comes down so low. I don't know how his voice does it, but it's, I couldn't come close to mimicking that sound. He's extraordinarily talented and he, he does. He gets that gravelly low yeah. voice. In the video games, it's like extra worn when Joker's sick like mm -hmm. joker gets sick in one of the asylum games sure does and he plays that up like crazy so so many great performances of the joker by mark hamill we gotta we gotta dance and get into them yeah let's talk about these episodes and spoil them a little bit spoilers ahead this has all been worked out far in advance francis you are merely the last tiny cog in my grand design so don't speak to me again okay now what is everyone in town talking about uh your fish? 
you not to speak? This is a spoiler warning. All right, this is the spoiler section for the Mark Hamill entry into the Joker character study series brought to you by Mike, Mike, and Oscar. Uh, like we said at the non-spoiler section at the start of this, we're going to be breaking down some of the plots of three separate episodes of Batman the Animated Series. That would be Joker's Favor, Christmas with a Joker, and Almost Got Him. So if you do not want to have those episodes spoiled for you... Just stay with <laughs> us here. Come on, it's a three episodes of the cartoon. Yeah. 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 Or, yeah. Just stay with us. Don't go anywhere. But we're being They're polite. Fun. We're being polite. We don't want Joker to give us a you know, lesson in manners, let's say, <laughs> and we're giving you a spoiler breakdown. There. Yeah. So this is going to be all spoilers all the time, uh, for the most part, anyway, for the Joker character study series by Mike, Mike, and Oscar. Mike, let's talk about some some stuff that went down in the Joker's favor, Christmas with the Joker, and almost got him. I guess the best way to start off is to talk about some memorable quotes and actions that happened? Yes, sir. All right. Most memorable quote or action. Ah! Ah! All right, so we'll take them in order, even though they're out of order chronologically, but we'll take them in the order that I happen to watch them. Uh, Joker's favor is up first. Yeah, I love the action, first off, of Joker driving a regular guy car, following a regular guy, Charlie Collins, and driving him off the road, essentially. Mike, it is scary. Yeah. It shows that the Joker will not take a road rage incident lightly. If anybody will, he definitely won't. And it's teaching kids not to have road rage. And that's all it really takes for Joker to set up his whole psychological manipulation throughout this plot. And once he realizes, Charlie realizes he cut off the Joker and the Joker wants revenge, he makes him an offer he can't refuse. Let's just keep this to ourselves, okay? Bad things happen to people who gossip. That's not bad. That's not a bad impression. I'm impressed. The, uh, the impression I can I'll come close to. The laugh. Uh-uh. Here's the thing, though, juxtaposed with the Mark Hamill quotes that I'm sure you're putting in here. Right. Maybe not. The, no. Well, I can come closer, I think, to Hamill than I could to Jack. I don't think Jack I have a choice. Oh, J prayer at. Jack's tough. And yeah. you got psyched out, I think, before I jacked it. You, you did, like, one impersonation. Right. Oh, I knew. I knew. I had no shot. Did you, like, bet an under recently? And I, I totally Hammered psyched it. I psyched you out. Hammered that under. Anyway, this first meeting between the Joker and regular guy Charlie Collins is super powerful. And Joker wants to teach Charlie that fatal <laughs> lesson in manners because he literally says it at one point. He, he, he does like an aside where he's like, and this will be your last lesson in manners, whatever he says. But in the moment, he's like, it's simply not polite. We'll just have to teach you some manners. There you go. You're getting into it. I'm trying. There's a time where Charlie enters witness protection, basically changes his name because Joker's Gives him the Godfather treatment, right? One of these days, I'll ask you for a favor. Mm. And some Joker does come calling, and when Charlie does answer the call, Jumpin' Jiminy Christmas, Charlie Collins, it's been forever. I love that so much because <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. It's a 1992 kid show, <laughs> and it's funny because Joker's acting like he knows the guy. It's While ridiculous. threatening his life and his family, oh, basically. Oh, threatening him so much. And this is funnier than Batman the Phantasm. It's funnier than Under the Red Hood, yeah, I'm I guessing. Agree. I didn't yeah, watch totally. that one. Absolutely. Right. I also watched Batman Hutch, and that was a better movie. But, like, these animated films, they haven't been great movies for me. No, I agree. I think I had more joy from the animated series Definitely. episodes than, yeah, the movies themselves. A I would testament agree with to our yeah. taste. Yes. 
We were, see, we, I was eight, you were five. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Early taste makers is what it was. Absolutely. Also, our tastes haven't changed is also a problem there. <laughs> uh, but later on, Charlie learns that Joker's ultimate favor to return is asking him to open a door. Wait, that's the favor? You called me all the way here to open a door? <laughs> Referencing a giant cake that Harley Quinn is going to have to wheel through the door. Well, look at the size of that cake, man. She can't push it open and hold the door all at once. <laughs> he's got all these henchmen. He's got all these yeah. people at his disposal. But this regular guy who he's got to teach a lesson to, I guess, has to hold the door open. Again, comic timing from Mark Hamill. And by you and your impersonation, by well, the way. Thank you. Spot on. Thank you. I thought Harley Quinn might have had the best one-liners throughout this episode, mm-hmm. though. And she's, uh, she's talking about, you know, uh, Joker saying, guess I'll need a new hobby now that old Jimmy Gordon is gone, thinking he had to see... <laughs> He thinking he had finished off Commissioner Gordon. Yeah. Uh, Macrame is nice, Mr. J. <laughs> Mr. J. I love Harlequin so much, and I think this was the first appearance of Harlequin. Oh, is that? I don't know. I, didn't I see read that, that, but that somewhere. That's. I mean, I know Harlequin was just uh, it created in the nineties, right? Like, it so created she was, for this. Yeah, series. right. So she was a new character, certainly. So if this was the first time talking a little bit of history there. That's but, interesting. Yeah, she's great. No wonder she became a star Absolutely. of her own show or her own movie and of this show as well. Christmas with the Joker is where we'll go next. And we start right off Joker in Arkham Asylum. <laughs> I think this was the second episode of the series, if I remember right, but I'm not positive. Joker's in Arkham Asylum, yep. climbing a giant Christmas tree. And he's actually saying, jingle bells, Batman smells, Robin laid an egg. <laughs> It's really, really fun. And this is exactly what we wanted as kids. We wanted that in a Batman animated series episode, especially a Christmas (laughs) special. And we get it here. Yeah, absolutely true. And it gets even darker, even though the tone in which he delivers it is filled with such levity. And that's kind of the dichotomy of the character all throughout the years. And Hamill encompasses it greatly. We find that he has the Gordon family captured at the TV station. He's going to throw a train off the tracks in Gotham. And Barbara Gordon goes, My mother's on this train. Your mother? Well, that's different then. It'll be even more exciting when it crashes. It's heavy, right? It's so evil. He's threatening to kill a hostage's mother on this Christmas special he's broadcasting to all of Gotham. It's so perfect. Instead of It's a Wonderful Life, Michael. It's so perfect. I absolutely love it. Good thing Batman and Robin decided to have their one movie night of the history of the Batman franchise. Right, exactly. This particular night. But, you know, I but. also think it's funny how he, like, the exposition that they are allowed to write in for these cartoons, and I'll mm-hmm. comment more about that in a second because they never do because they can't afford to because of time constraints, but the exposition they do write in is so, like, spot on. It's on the, oh, no, our cannon seems to be out of control. Gotham City could be in serious danger. Like, okay, <laughs> so we have a giant cannon that's going to take out a city now? Cool, I'm in. His scientific prowess, by the way, is just <laughs> so otherworldly. Otherworldly. Like, unless his doofy henchman had gotten this place ready and he somehow got the message to them, he takes the observatory and makes it into just this city-destroying destru- right. weapon. It's perfect. It's absolutely, it's peak Joker, I think, in terms of absurdity and evilness combined. Almost got him. I didn't have any really jumping-out quotes because almost got him, to me, was almost an homage to that Batman the movie from 66 we covered in the Cesar Romero episode. He's not really the focus, the main antagonist, even though he is at the end of the episode, but for the duration of the majority of the episode, he's just part of a team, isn't he not? He's part of a team, and it's it's, it's definitely an ensemble piece episode. I like the evil plot in that one. I do too. I like a a certain aspect of it, so we're going to get into that episode more as we go here. So let's talk about the secret spice and why Hamill did make such a good Joker, we think. The secret spice, sir. What made it work? 
<laughs> so for me, Mike, it comes down to Hamill's, again, levity, aloofness, mm -hmm. kind of devil-may-care attitude that he brings to, to this role. And the quality of the writing for a cartoon show, for what's supposed to be a kid's cartoon show, you really... You forget how much of the story you kind of have to take for granted, and the writers have to just kind of poo-poo away. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't get how. You don't get exposition. You don't really get set up. You're just along for the ride because you only have 22 to 24 minutes for the story to play out, and you're done. You don't get a lot of time for master shots. Right. This editing goes, in many ways, from close-up to close-up, and it's good in a way because you don't have to realize how Batman flings the little bat, whatever that thing is, the ninja star. He flings a little bat star, and it does exactly what he wants to exactly, do right. every single time. He'll fling a coin, mm -hmm. and he'll just get two face, you know, running amok. And, and he, you don't have to see all these narrow escapes. You don't. It's it's like almost they go yada yada yada. The the fighting, 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 and then right. we, we get right back to it. Like how does Two Face get his hands on that gigantic penny that's that he's gonna flip with Batman strapped to it and almost <laughs> got him? We don't know, but just go with know. it. Yeah. But 1966 is Batman, and those TV series, you're literally getting the full song of <laughs> na, 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 every episode. You're gonna get that for at least 45 seconds an episode. It's also the thing that makes the Hamill portrayal so special is what we touched on a couple times already. The sinisterness that he's able to convey, even yeah. though he is talking so happily and happy-go-lucky. It's like, uh, happy murder? <laughs> like, it's a kid's show, so you can't be that dark. But there's still a lot of playful murder, let's call like, it, involved. It comes through in the voice. Like, he will deaden his voice mm. when he wants to talk about something serious. And then pull a joke off on top of it. And you could tell in the in the inflection of it all, which jokes have teeth. <laughs> literally. <laughs> right. I mean, Mark Hamill just knows his character back to front. And I'll be honest, I thought he, he got him perfect from the very first iteration with the Christmas Joker because he's doing all the performances and he's loving that part of the show yeah. as much as he's loving the evil stuff and relishing in just the horrid things he's doing. And I like that he takes the cliche in that, that Christmas episode of the, the train ride mm -hmm. and he says some of the most horrific shit yeah. around that. Yeah. And that's just the silly thing that's in every little kid's show from the beginning of time. I, I do think the writing of the show, too, helps him out because he, he's able to just be one... Like, yes, his motivation is one note, but that's all you need it to be. He's this absurd, psychotic, sadistic clown that just wants to kill Batman. But the note is like in the, the It Chapter 2 trailer. It sours <laughs> at the end because there's a real duality to this character. Absolutely. Let's talk about some of the motivation and some of the performances of how he did these evil deeds for these episodes. How evil were my deeds? <laughs> So three episodes, three separate evil deeds to analyze. We'll start with Joker's favor again. And we'd already alluded to a lot of this. Plot is able to track down Charlie Collins, who cut him off in a road rage yeah. incident and Joker wanted revenge for it. Gives him that Godfather offer. One day, I'll call for you for a favor. And he does. The favor Joker asks of Charlie is just for him to open a door for Harley Quinn at Commissioner Gordon's big celebration that's being held, ironically, in the Hall of Inventions which apparently Gotham has. Mike, this place is absurd. <laughs> they made this is a death trap. <laughs> a temple with all the temple's booby traps. 
it's, it's just absurd. But this is an evil plot line, though. Yeah, so Harley is cosplaying as a fellow cop. She releases gas from this gigantic cake in the vents, mm-hmm. which freezes everybody in their tracks so that Joker, who obviously was hidden in the oversized cake, can stick custom-made dynamite on Commissioner Gordon and try to murder the entire room of cops, Charlie included. So I like how Commissioner Gordon won't touch the bomb with yeah. the Joker's eyes counting down. Right. I, I love the, the eyes in the counter. <laughs> the artistic integrity oh, of what he puts forward. Perfect. But Commissioner Gordon's like, oh, just looking at his you know <laughs> chest and with the pinned uh, bomb on his chest and then Batman just like, all right, yeah. takes it and throws it through the roof. That's the one of the themes of this is that these plots... Very easily foiled. <laughs> very easy, or very quickly foiled, right. let's say. Sometimes they go to, you know, sometimes they go to lavish measures, but quickly right. they get it down. Batman obviously does foil this plan, so Joker attempts to escape, but is cornered in an alley by Charlie, who threatens Joker with his own dynamite, only to reveal it was a fake. How would Batman and or Charlie know that this piece of dynamite that the Joker clearly painted and handcrafted and custom made was this was the fake one it's completely nonsense i know batman must have disarmed a real one but look charlie's a great actor here in, in this yes true. little did we know the thespian charlie collins is able to fool the joker but i'm kind of still impressed that there is a reversal here never mind if i'm impressed by the reversal but that there is a reversal i love it and the kicker is that the joker wants to live and yells for batman to save him yeah sequence that's really important my drama loved it the thing they don't mention though mm-hmm. the epilogue of this has to be charlie and his family are dead right <laughs> like <laughs> joker's still alive he's obviously going to escape and Again. kill charlie and his family right and charlie already tried the witness protection thing so right we know exactly charlie's good doomed and the family is exactly. doomed no question about it but the hey Joker, he got that one good joke off on him he did get one good joke he did fool the joke and again mark hamill's performance is giving you the catharsis of oh my god here's my point of death yeah and i am going to cry out for help face with death and the, i need my yin to my yang the vulnerability is there the tone of his voice literally changes absolutely agree that's a great highlight highlight of this performance overall we'll move on to the evil deed and christmas with the joker we start with like i said joker escaping from arkham on christmas eve i love it so much especially because he times his christmas tree rocket exit <laughs> with the climax of that song mike it's true and joker got away <laughs> he's singing it and then the thing just shoots out like a, a rocket. rocket propelled giant christmas tree fires through the roof of arkham asylum it's brilliant and it also mimics that 1966 joker episode that i watched on YouTube of Cesar Romero escaping from prison during the softball game with the giant yes. catapult. Yes. Which is hilarious. <laughs> and this is way more realistic. I will have to say. Based on the giant catapult catapulting him into nowhere, into the abyss. He will die instantly, but in this at least he's on a rocket. I just have such a tough time. I try to let the exposition go, but how did you get a rocket into Arkham to fight under the Christmas tree? There's no way. Just some but questions. He's that, he's that good of a mad scientist, <laughs> right. I guess. Robin, uh, now introduced in this episode, as keeps wanting Batman to get into the spirit of the season because it is Christmas, so they're not going to attack anyone. All the bad guys are gone. Let's go home and watch It's a Wonderful Life. So after finally relenting and uh, going over Gotham one last time, they return to Wayne Manor, only to see that the Joker has commandeered the TV station to show his own special, Christmas with the Joker. So I loved 
all of the Joker's puppets and gadgets during this sequence, Mike. He it's had, like a legitimate variety show. It's phenomenal. <laughs> he does the hand puppet with the painted right. mouth. It's just hilarious. And then he does the upside down face yes. puppet of his face upside down with the whatever, you know, hanging like the stocking body of the of the puppet hanging from the other side of uh, from his eyes, I guess. It's like when you were 12 years old and you took your parents camcorder and yeah. like held your own <laughs> you held your own movies and stuff. That's exactly what he was doing. It's here. a parody on the showmanship <laughs> of it all. It's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. Uh, this Christmas special is a variety show in which Joker reveals he's kidnapped Commissioner Gordon, Again. his daughter, <laughs> and I guess the captain of Gotham PD. Yes. Uh, Joker says Batman can have them back if he can find them by midnight. Why give Batman Batman this out? Because he just wants to play a game, the Joker. He just wants to play. Otherwise, Joker will kill them, but there are presents Joker will give to Batman along the night, including blowing up the President's Bridge with a train on the tracks, which we referenced before, and having an automatic cannon firing at Batman and Robin on top of Mount Gotham and then at Gotham City in general. So I love that everything in Gotham is named after Gotham. you got <laughs> so a mountain, and it's Mount Gotham, and it's Gotham General. We'll deal with Gotham Zoo in the next episode. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. It's like Gotham is just this giant gigantic country unto itself. Hours after his escape, he has this mad science death trap for the whole city ready and prepared. <laughs> ready to go! Ready to go! <laughs> Batman and Robin figure out that Joker is at the old Lafco factory because, again, the Joker just can't help but give himself away. Mike, how was this not their first stop? This factory... The this building a, shaped like a giant laughing being? It's a giant <laughs> laughing clown for a facade of the building. <laughs> Wonder why it went out of business. <laughs> Thanks to his Betty Blooper blunder, which is how the Joker gives himself away. So while Dance of the Sugar Plum plays, which yeah. I appreciated, they actually worked real Christmas music into this episode, Joker gleefully activates his toys of terror. It's... We got gigantic robot nutcrackers. Aww. We got mini Joker piloted planes. We got henchmen with machine guns, which Batman calls snipers. Mike, Robin <laughs> just barely punches two of those giant nutcrackers. Batman literally has a bat and is just killing these planes. And, of course, Robin's like, they don't call you Batman for nothing. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> it's really bad. It's really bad. So, finally, Joker has them right where he wants them and offers the big piece de la resistance, mm. which is a highly orchestrated pie to the face. <laughs> so good and the laugh that the joker gets out of this pie to the face making it all worth it before the plan is immediately foiled that's all he wanted to do all, for christmas that was his christmas right, gift to, to himself, himself. <laughs> and all this set up for batman to save all three people in danger because joker has them hanging over this giant boiling pot of acid batman just swoops in yeah. saves them and then Joker tries to run away but slips on a roller skate. Of course. <laughs> it's got to happen fast. We get all close-ups, so I don't really care though that much. But he is caught very easily in this one. We have then Almost Got Him, which is the final of the three episodes. And there was, in fact, no deed within the body of this episode per se. Uh, this is a legendary episode where Ivy, Croc... Penguin, Two-Face, and Joker. They're all comparing stories about how they almost got the best of the bat. Yeah, around the cards table, and they, they tell competing stories. I think Ivy went first. Yes, she used poison gas and exploding pumpkins, but she was thwarted by the Batmobile. Then Two-Face with the, the giant coin. She <laughs> used the gang while robbing the Gotham Mint. There's Gotham again. And even stripped away Batman's utility belt, but Batman used Two-Face's own coin to cut free and undo the evil deed. Croc tells a joke. It was a big rock <laughs> <laughs> which is probably funnier when you're eight years old 
I laughed just as hard. Did, did yeah, you I still? Loved it. Yeah. Did you still? I was like, I know they're going for a joke here, but they're drawing it out way too long. Uh, then we have actually, we get into what the Penguin actually I tried to do. Yeah, He probably came closest. He let word get out to Batman that the Penguin would attempt to steal priceless breeding condors from the Gotham Zoo. Yeah. Because, of course. Uh, Poisonous a, hummingbirds? That's terrifying, yeah. too. He has Batman caught in his own little bird cage. He releases these poisonous hummingbirds. Uh, one stab won't kill you, but four or five may paralyze you. But Batman, again, is able to get out of trouble. I, I, I'm fixated on the hummingbirds here because on my deck, there is a little statuette of a hummingbird okay. hanging out of a plant. And literal hummingbirds come over and they just stare me in the face. Yeah, just imagine. Maybe they they're move, waiting. They move so fast. Like, I'm almost, like, twitching and freak, freaked <laughs> out because what if it just didn't know where it was flying? What if it was a drunk hummingbird? What if it was a hummingbird near death and he flew into me? I'm, like, dead. Like, I'm stabbed in the neck with a hummingbird dart. <laughs> That's terrifying. It's just you staring with the glass between staring at the hummingbirds with a baseball bat in one hand, just tapping at the other hand, <laughs> daring them to make their no, move. No, I would lose. Batman should lose. Like, these hummingbirds <laughs> don't fly as fast as they should in real life but i do think the joker's evil deed that we don't really see right mm -hmm. we don't see how he captures batman right it must have been pretty evil and this was a scenario for batman where he wasn't going to get out of unless he was saved by catwoman and yet again it's media manipulation by this version of the joker yes. he takes over late night gotham live uh where he <laughs> has bat strapped down to this giant laugh-o-meter machine and the more people laugh the more electricity goes into Batman, so he releases oh, laughing brilliant. gas into the studio. It's brilliant. But there's no studio audience. It's funnier when you think about it, though, right? <laughs> because there's the laugh track. It's a laugh track, yeah. There's laughing gas. <laughs> and there's the fact that he's going to just basically ratchet up and publicly execute Batman. <laughs> on live TV. On live TV. And, uh, she, and of course, the kicker is the, the joke by Harley Quinn. She's reading the phone book, Mike. Yes. <laughs> And people are laughing because they have a laugh track. Like you said, though, ultimately Catwoman does come in, save the day. It's nice to see Batman was helpless, though. He was going to meet helpless. his demise were it not for Catwoman. Catwoman and Batman have their moment, but yeah. Joker now, back real time in the card game, says, don't worry, Harley caught the cat and is turning her into cat food, which I'm going to ship to Batman's doorstep. <laughs> to which Croc then speaks up. And we see that Croc is actually Batman undercover. Right. This whole card game is a sting. Gotham PD is everywhere. Everybody, all the bad guys get caught. And then Batman and Catwoman have their playful ending. Their playful ending, which I enjoyed. I, I like the little uh, back and forth between Harley Quinn, where Catwoman's on the conveyor belt. That goes way too slow. It's James <laughs> Bond slow. And of course, the, you know the, these criminally insane people—they overlook a few easy details. <laughs> like Batman must have gotten his all the steps in that day, so he didn't bother just walking two feet over, shutting off the conveyor belt, and then immediately capturing Going Harley, after Harley Quinn. No, he had to do it in a very dramatic fashion. Uh, yes, uh, hilarious, of course. So, Mike, I guess we'll we'll play it this way. Which of these deeds was most evil to you? Oh boy. This is crazy, and it's the wrong take. <laughs> okay. But I think Joker messing with the regular guy, Charlie Collins, yeah. was pretty freaking evil. I agree. I, I agree. I don't think... It, that's not what I say would be most Joker-like, and I think he's actually kind of a coward throughout that entire episode. But it's dark. But and he's, it's, he's manipulating another human being. It's disturbing <laughs> that he's going to kill. Right. 
That's a regular guy with a family. My God. <laughs> right. I absolutely agree. <laughs> it's terrifying. I totally co-sign. And we would, love, of course, love to know what you think, which is most evil to you. Uh, why are we right or wrong? But let's finally weigh this out in our futile endeavor here on a scale of one to Joker. <laughs> let's rank Mark Hamill's Jokers. And finally, on a scale of one to Joker, how Joker was he? All right, let's take him in order. On a scale of one to Joker, how Joker was he? Starting with Joker's favorite Joker. Mm. I got this like a four. Like I said, I think the deed was very evil, yeah. but he's caught very easily. He's caught easily. You would think Joker would have some sort of plan B, other yeah. than if Batman shows up, this is all foiled. Mike, does a kid have a plan B when he's playing with his, you know, you know, his brothers Fair in a point. game? Like that's this Joker feels like that. I think Mark Hamill's channeling a child at play right. in this performance in many ways. So I'm, 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 I'm playing devil's advocate for you, but if you have a four, yeah. I, I gave this a four this episode. I'm not crazy about it. So I'm going to say seven because I did give Cesar Romero six, and it's like right. a plus point because for me, again, he's terrorizing a real regular guy hostage here. Okay. So I'm going to add a point to that, and I like that the Joker flips the coins at him. Here's my two cents. <laughs> and it's just really scary, like Joker in the woods. And it's just, I think Mark Hamill's hamming it up. I think you're right. I didn't give enough to enough credence to how he interacts with Charlie. I just, you know, my my take on that was that your plan is dynamite and if Batman shows up you're screwed. But yeah. Batman always shows up, Joker. They didn't pin the bomb <laughs> to the commissioner's chest. Batman's able to rip it off really right. easily. Right. And then he's and he's definitely, you know, a blubbering idiot at the end of right. it. Just uh, save me, Batman. Terrified, yeah. yeah. Relying on the one guy that if he shows up like he always does, will ruin your Christmas with the Joker. I love this Joker, personally. Anarchy, creativity, and yeah. evilness, and weapons. Uh, he's a complete over-the-top variety show shtick he's got going on. <laughs> he's got no purpose for doing any of this other than mayhem and to pie Batman in the face. Listen, if I was living in North Gotham, and I wasn't <laughs> right. there... I'm still watching the Joker Christmas special. Like, I'm watching the Gotham News Network. Mm -hmm. Like, if I'm a couple, you know, states over even. Okay. You know how Connecticut, we right. get New York stuff and Boston sure. stuff. I'm watching Gotham Channel just in case the Joker comes on because he's the best thing about that network. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, Frank Miller's Batman. Uh -huh. and, and in this Joker movie that Joaquin Phoenix is coming out. Like, if these cynical heads of the studio <laughs> right. would want the Joker to have more... Uh, they just leave the door presence. unlocked every night like, oh, we forgot again. Yeah. <laughs> what? Be a real shame if the Joker showed up today. We have this open time slot. <laughs> we'll just let the public fill it. <laughs> uh, I like this Joker a lot. I gave this Joker from, from uh, Christmas with the Joker a hard seven. I really did enjoy this Joker. I took points off. Because Betty Blooper shouldn't yeah. have gotten him into that much trouble. That's an easy mistake to avoid. That's very, very true. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I'm kind of torn between a 7 and an 8 here, but the uh, I brought it down, I think, to a 7. I'm okay. actually going to agree with you on a 7, because the whole train thing was really cliched, even though I like the one-liners involved in it. I do love the Christmas special of Death Angle, though. That's, yeah, that's very too. Jack Nicholson, too. Frank Miller. I love the showmanship. I think we're going to agree again. Talk me through where your Joker is for Almost Got Him here. 
I love that the Joker brings a TV to this card game. Like he just has a TV under the under the table. Right. Uh, again, you know, he's showing the villains an old broadcast that he, you know, made to Gotham that was supposed to be a public execution of Batman. Naturally. And that device, Mike, that electric chair is brilliant. A laugh-o-meter. He has Batman strapped to an electric chair, and it's connected to a laugh-o-meter. That's really funny. That he gives the audience laughing gas, an audience that's not there. So he's just <laughs> making the best part of this whole he's thing. making the crowd laugh. He's harder. just poisoning his own henchmen. He's just whatever <laughs> he's doing. It's funny if it's a laugh track, if it's his henchmen. And Harley reads the phone book. <laughs> He reads the phone book in between increasing amounts of shock. And he's just like, they'll laugh at anything now. <laughs> this is great. That's hysterical. So I'm going to say nine here. Nine. Yeah, I'm with you because the absurdity is peak Joker. He actually has a couple plans in motion. He wants to literally turn Catwoman into cat food. That's yeah. not a play on words. That's what his plan is. He's doing it. Yeah, it's ready. I, I loved it. everything about it. I'm a hard nine as well. To me, this may be the most Jokery since Jack's joker mm -hmm. that we see a joker joker uh and it inspired a card True. game as well which i enjoy playing you so don't bonus mind points for that redundancy no. <laughs> so my average is like a 7.58 i think uh i think this is very much a, a joker's joker now if you just say and this is a kid's joker it's a 10 right it's joker yes absolutely I so would for agree with young that. children this is to full joker yeah it also will help them uh, numb them to the ills of society That's because true. murder is treated as a one-off laugh track the perceptive children <laughs> in this audience will probably say full joker here 10 because, you know, I mean, we, we're watching the... I think the action is where he loses me a little bit, but that's a part of the show's problem. Right. Right, because Batman, whenever <laughs> Batman's fighting the Joker in some way, it's just like, all right, bing, bang, boom, It's one-sided. It's, it's, one it's very one-sided. It's a hammer and yeah, a nail rivalry quick, here. Very quick, very <laughs> quick. Uh, guys, we want to know, obviously, your thoughts, comments, questions, concerns. What do you think is the most Jokery Joker out of these? Do you remember watching any of these episodes growing up as we did? Did it help shape your childhood in any way and your intake of what the Joker is and should be? And who is your personal favorite Joker? All of that and more. You can answer that as well as anything else that we have going on here in the MMO Empire. We want to hear from you. You can leave us those comments at Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook, Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Instagram, MM and Oscar on Twitter, Mike, Mike, and Oscar at gmail.com.com and on Reddit. We are available everywhere you hear podcasts, including and especially Apple Podcasts. If you do own an iPhone, if you do appreciate what we do here and putting out this content, yes. uh, you can take 30 seconds, just tap on your podcast app, go in the bottom right-hand corner, tip, tap search, type in Mike, Mike, and Oscar. You'll see our logo. You'll be able to tap on that and scroll down once. If you can leave us five stars, a five-star review, and even put a comment out there if you'd like, it would really, really go a long way. We thank you in advance for doing that. Yes, thank you. Michael, Words of wisdom and what's coming up next here from MMO. Well, what's coming up next in this Joker character study is Heath Ledger. And I think that's the reason for the couple of missing points for Mr. Hamill, even though Mr. Hamill's phenomenal. And words of wisdom for this episode is go on YouTube and watch every Mark Hamill clip that Seriously, you can. Yeah. Go watch him at Star Wars Celebration. See him doing it in person. It is so fun to watch. He is, his whole face changes. It's not Luke Skywalker no. out there. That is the Joker. I want to see him in a live action performance of the Joker. That would, that would top that it would all for me. Just at one point, I want him to do a live action performance of the Joker. Let's get it. 
Hollywood world, yeah. TV industry, film industry. We want that. I would absolutely sign up for that. Then he gets a Joker. Yeah, he gets a ten, no matter what. You know what just hit me? He's probably reaping royalties from DVD sales mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. Batman the Animated Series. We know he's reaping royalties mm-hmm. from Star Wars. Why is Mark Hamill actively working? He just loves it. I mean, that's the thing. He loves it. Ever since he was a kid, he wanted to be a voice actor. He might be Scrooge McDuck, just goes home and face dives into a pile of money that he's just won he that He might day. be. He might live out back of a Jedi temple, <laughs> milking giant elephant cows. I only drink the bluest of milks. <laughs> well uh, earned, Mr. Hamill. Well earned. Guys, we are Mike, Mike, and Oscar. When reality sucks, you can come watch movies with us, trying to make award season year-round without the stuffiness. Paint your face. Put on a smile. <laughs> we'll see you soon. See ya. Ah, 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 ah.